Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all from the bottom of my heart. Today, I am speaking with my friend Joel Leon, who is an artist, a performer, a rapper. I started following Joel on Twitter a few years back. His words, his vibe, they just spoke to my heart. And in this episode, we talk about bringing your heart to work. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Thanks again for your attention. It's so good to see you. I just want to like give you a big old squeeze. Like hugs, hugs. I wore a shirt for you. Love. Aww. Well, that's awesome. I love the colorways, by the way. It's bright and cheery. It's bright and cheery. I thought I my normal is like navy, black, gray. I was like, that's really. I mean, I mean, I'm a neutral. So, like, anything that's neutral, I'm always going to be a fan of. But you yeah. strike me as a cheery person, so I would just automatically assume that. I'm cheery. I'm, I'm cheery. I'm deep. You know, it just depends. Yeah, yeah. Cheery is not a good word. I take that back. You're like, it's cheery is just like, I feel like overly optimistic without a dose of reality attached to it. Yeah, right. Not, yeah. I appreciate that, man. Oh, I don't know. I don't even know how you spend your day. Like, hi, wait, even, even, wait, before we get into that, let's yeah. just shake that shit off. Yeah, yeah, word, shake, shake the whole day off. That's actually where, the point. Where do you live? Are you, where do you live, Brooklyn? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm originally from the Bronx, but yeah. right now, yeah, based out in Bedside. Does that mean Mets or Yankees? I have no idea. That is, well, <laughs> that would, Bronx would mean Yankees, but I am actually a Mets fan. Okay. So yeah, my brother, my brother was born in wow, my brother. I mean, I, my brother was born in like seventy five, seventy four. So he was old enough to remember when the Mets won the World Series, and that's what kind of converted him to a Mets fan. So when I was born, I didn't really have a choice. I was kind of like, yeah, exactly. There was no conversation. I didn't have really. There was like it wasn't like an option to buy a plan. It was kind of right. Yeah. Well, get this. I was born in the city in 1969, May, and my dad talks about like holding me up in front of the TV, like watching yeah. Tom Seaver pitch. I, I was going to say the same thing. 69 Mets, yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 Right? So I think it's just you know, it's in the it's in my blood. Yeah, it's, yeah. You can, there's no way to get around it. Yeah. It is for you right now. Yeah. So anyway, what like how are you? How was your day? You know. My, my day was good. It was um, it was a productive day. It was a um, it was a day wrought with questions. There are things in flux right now that are exciting, um, but also asking me to make decisions that um, I'm trying not to put too much pressure on. You know, like. From from a creative from 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 a creative lens, um, like trying not to put too much pressure on myself, but it, it's been one of those days where I've just been asking a lot of questions of myself. Like, am I ready to do this thing? Should I be doing this thing? What is the like? What is the next thing? Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, I wish yeah. I had um, I wish I had some tarot cards to pull for you, but I don't. Oh. You know, or, you know, I, you know, I feel like <laughs> that would be awesome. I, think, Ouija board. I want a Ouija board with you. Oh man. That listen, I don't, you, you're going to do that by yourself. Cause yeah. I do not, mm -mm, Ouija board scare me. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. No mask. No mask. 
How was your wait? How was your day? How was your day today? How were you? How's your heart? I've been super psyched to talk to you. My day's been really good. Uh, I mean, it's like I gotta say, I I love what I do. I love what I get to do every single day. It's like pieces putting together jigsaw like jigsaw pieces. Yeah. Um, you know, in within a work setting, but also just like in life because we're dealing with humans. And we've all got, you know, our like glorious, messy, wonderful, confusing fucking lives. And so I got my own, but I also get, you know, I get the privilege of being with other people's and their thought process and like helping them can either connect the dots or connect to others. And so good day. I mean, I love that because I think. I feel like it's a conversation I had recently with someone. I don't necessarily think in general, like generally speaking, we're not acutely aware enough as a people and as a community to really be paying attention to that kind of stuff. Like, I think that's so important. And I'm so glad that you are in the position to be doing the work that you're doing. You know, especially in the space that you're doing it in, right? Because, like, you were asking me, like, what I, like, my day job is, I'm a senior copywriter at a PR agency. So, like, and I've, and I have, like, I've worked in agencies before. And so, there's this idea of, there's like the, the, the incessant need to get work out and to get work done, like, output and outcome are very much a part of it, right? Because of the pace of the business. And I remember hearing this. I forget what Buddhist talk I was listening to, who the practitioner was, but it's like, you get to bring your practice with you wherever you go, you know? And so what does it look like? And so for me, when I was working, I was working in the nonprofit sector for like about seven, like like nine years, like working with um, brothers and sisters who were coming home um, from incarceration. And also before that, working with the HIV AIDS community. And I loved the work. But I was feeling like I wasn't tapping into my creative impulses enough in the nine to five workspace outside of like the performing and all the other things I do outside of there. And me landing in the me landing in like at a digital agency and then moving to PR, but still being a writer and being creative for me, it was like, how do I bring the practice and the energy and the spirit of what I do, what I love to do into these spaces that typically aren't created to to provide uh safety yeah. when you when you're when, when when you kind of speak that language and so how to envelop that in like every email and every slack and every brainstorm like that's been part of the practice and, you know yeah i love hearing that because right i used to be on that side i used to be on the floor as a strategist mm-hmm. or as like a client service person yeah and it's a grind i mean there's no doubt about the grind of agency life and when there's yeah. You, you know, you got to get that out the door because you got to get that out the door because you got to, and like, yeah. from those of us that have the creativity, look, I think everyone has their own sense of creativity, but sure. you know, you go to work to be creative all day. Yeah. How do you bring, how do you bring yourself with you to work every single day so that you can be like, you can, you can bring your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's literally what it is. Like, yeah. I'm not talking like bring your best self, bring your host. No, just feeling like you have enough safety and you've got enough goodness around you. That's yeah. like, you bring your heart. We got you, man. We got you. Keep yeah. Going. And so it's like this holding space thing is, 
is so incredibly important in terms of what I do, but I think it's something we need to hold space for ourselves. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God, my little baby. I mean, you know, we kids. Like, we do that with our kids, but like, yeah, it's cloudy, you know. Yeah. So, like, gotta take care. And it's and it's so. And I think what I enjoy about that notion is like I think it's also it creates a contagion of sorts. I think I'd like to think anyway, where people feel more inclined to then lean into their heart spaces more because they see a person or persons who are doing the same. And even if they're not necessarily looking at the results, they're looking at the energy that that person brings into the spaces. And it, I think it sparks some level of curiosity about why or how, you know, and, and it, it creates, I think, creates room for that conversation to happen in, in, in instances normally when, when it probably wouldn't, you know? You're not even going to believe what I'm about to show you. Like, all right, you probably can't read my writing, but it says... You're Your gonna- energy introduces you before you speak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it introduces you before you speak. And the reason I have that, I have that written over there on my little bulletin board, but I was thinking about us getting together and I was like, oh yeah, like we fell for each other because of our energy. Absolutely. And the energy then was communicated in words. Yeah, absolutely. The vibe that your words put out there, you know, on Twitter, which is where, you know, I kind of fell in love with you. So, uh, and then, so to speak, like what you're saying is the same exact thing at work. Like you bring that in. And by the way, we don't hit, like, we don't hit it out of the park every day. There's no way. Right. Right. I love, I love it. Like what did I, it was something on, I shared on my IG that Sharon Salzburg said, like the goal of meditation isn't to be better at meditation. It's to be better at life, oh. you know? And it's you saying that to me, it, it made me think of that and brought that to mind because so often we think we, 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 we very, it's, it's this for me, what I, sh- I don't want to say struggle with, but yeah, to a certain extent, struggle with is like holding space for both of those, for, for two things to be true. Like the idea that we want to strive to be the best versions of ourselves each and every day while also recognizing that we are going to fall short of that on some days and creating space for that like level of, okay, ambiguity and then also knowing that people who we care about might be either harmed in the process, may not understand it in the process and hoping that they will, they too will understand that they're probably doing the same thing on their end. Like what, what does that look like? You know, I, I think that's just so, it's, it's really interesting to me. I love, I love that you said that. Cause I mean, we're like spirit animals of each other and I can just tell that like, First and foremost, like they're going through that too. Whoever we're in relationship with, whether or not that's your creative director or that's someone I'm speaking to or your partner or whomever, like when you get that level of like self-awareness, you're like, I'm doing the best I can too. And I'm going to fall and I'm going to fall many times. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get up that one extra time. Yeah. You know? And, and so you know, sometimes when I'm talking to people or people want to ask me questions, you know, interview me or whatever, which is an enormous honor. One of the questions they always say is like, you know, well, how do you give back to yourself? How do you fill up your cup? And I used to think I had to come up with like the most magnificent 
answer. Like I go and I look at my belly button all day on Saturdays. I climb to the tallest peak, you know, and I close my eyes and I don't talk to anyone for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm eight. I'm so not that person. And I can't sit still for that long. And <laughs> I'm just not, I'm so, I'm so, you know, fundamentally like perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I was like, Oh, how do I fill up my cup? I hang with my daughter. Yeah. I, I listen yeah. to music. Yeah. I try to take some fresh breaths outside. Like I'm a human. I'm just a person. I might walk through Target. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're, doing, we're doing what we can. Yeah. It, it, it's, I love you saying that. It makes, I, I think of like when I'm asked, when, when someone's asking me to give advice to a young creative or something like that, or like, how do you find inspiration? And what I tend to tell people is, you know, it's okay to treat the things that we consider to be mundane or the everyday as part of our exploration, right? Like, I think about what I say is that every single moment is an opportunity to be inspired and not like in a hypothetical or kind of like overly optimistic pie in the sky sort of way, but where where our brains are tracking everything. So like, whether it be this conversation, this lovely conversation you're not having, whether it be me interacting with my daughter, my and, and, and you know, both of my daughters, but like, I might have an idea right there at that moment, but I think every one of those interactions is allowing or creating space for an opportunity for me to then think about that, right? Like, how am I going to, like, the creativity gets to show up in different ways. And I'm being inspired because I'm aware and I'm open to the things and the spaces and the people that I'm engaging with, that's, which is what I do, you know? That's so, that's it. The creativity gets to come, you know, your inspiration sparks your creativity and it comes out in any which way. And it can come, it could come out when you're making dinner for your girls. Mm-hmm. That could be your creativity when you're talking to another creative when you're walking down the street and you're just like, yeah, I love that beat. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're just like inspired. Mm-hmm. That's like the thing I love about what are, I mean, I, there's a lot of things I love about life and I'm, and I don't mean it in any kind of corny or woo way because uh, there's, yeah. you know, we all have our ups and downs and our stories for sure. But I think when you finally get to that place to understand like, oh yeah, creativity can come from any place. I don't need the title, dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Title, yeah. Title. Like you were still yeah. let me just let me just take a bet here that you were still just as creative and a great copywriter when you were working at HIV AIDS Foundation. Let me just go out I mean, and limb there. Maybe I mean yeah. <laughs> I mean probably. You know, I wasn't I mean so I mean the the interesting thing is when I was writing when I was writing copy, I didn't start writing copy realistically. Until, <laughs> can you hear that in the back? I love it. I love it. <laughs> can you? I love. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, she's just tickling her. Yeah, you know, which you know, she's. You know. And when I was writing, when I was writing, when I was working in the nonprofit sector, I was just writing for more of like more or less a case management role. But I think part of that was preparing me for whatever else was going to happen. Because I was still doing, I was doing, I was performing my 
spoken word poetry. I was rapping a lot more at that time. Like I was recording music, like actively. Because you were the same guy, like I'm saying, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. No, no, right. It wasn't yeah. coming out in the newsletters. It was coming yeah. out. Right, Just right. And now, yeah. you know, yeah. now you actually have, not that it matters, but you have a title that's like, you are a creative. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, but I mean, to your point, you know, as much as I like try to skew like labels and roles and titles, I also compare it, I use the comparison of like a Barnes and Noble or Strand a lot. Like, I love poetry and I love reading fiction. But when I go find a poetry and fiction book, I know where to find it because there's a thing that says this is the poetry section, this is the fiction section. If that section didn't exist, it would just, it would be very difficult for me to find what I was looking for, you know? But I think what we could do a better job of is recognizing the labels and not. making ourselves beholden to them you know like i'm a my title is senior copywriter but that doesn't really that doesn't encapsulate a all that i do in my nine to five and it definitely and i know you relate to this very well doesn't encapsulate who what i do and who i am as a human being you know for some people it's easier to like have that because then they can use it in a conversation i've had people tell me that they didn't know like they didn't know when when i was dating um, I had someone tell me specifically, I didn't, I don't know what to tell my mom you do. This is before I had the title because she's like, you do all these different things. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. I've never had that problem before. Yeah, exactly yeah. though. I was just thinking that like, what, what do you, t- you could go tell your mom or, or your mom's probably, you know, very literate in this, but you can go tell the person down the street, like I'm a copywriter and they really, I'm a copywriter PR firm. They actually might not know what that means, but they know who you are. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, and to be fair, if I took, my mom still doesn't know what I do. Like, <laughs> right, my, right. my mom is, a, like, she was born in the West Indies, a Caribbean woman, came to the States when in her 20s. Like, I, my mom, my, <laughs> my mom kind of gets the idea of what I do in general. But, yeah, absolutely to your point. Like, it's, it's also been, that's been interesting for me because there are people, and I'm sure you could probably relate to this as well, there are people who know me for very different things in very different spaces. There are people who knew me just as a rapper, you know, or as an actor. And then there are others who are like, and that's a very small group, just so clear. And then those who know me, who think of me as the the affirmation guy or the person who's like on IG and Twitter. And then there are those who are now just getting accustomed to me being that person because they've known me as a creative yeah. person who writes, a person who's an actual copywriter, you know, but... That the ability to be able to do that, I think, speaks to our most multifacetedness of like of humans. Like we get to be, we're all multi hyphenates. I think. We're, yeah. Did you just say we're all multi hyphens? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are. Like every single one of us. Every single one of us has a thing. You know that we do. Like your mom. You know, like yeah. your your chief, your chief heart officer. Right. You might. You may be a sibling. You may be. Exactly. I like. Yeah. 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 I love that book. You actually said you you actually said multiple hyphens. Yeah. Like oh, multiple. Yeah. Is there like a book? Is there like a book? Yeah. 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 Because like multi. Because like generally, like I'm a people would consider me a multi hyphenate because I do so many. Like I do creative stuff. I also do some strategy stuff on like. I do brand consulting stuff. So like when I show up in creative circles, 
I'm considered like a multi-hyphenate or, or a person who has multiple hyphens attached to whatever they're doing. But I think we all, we all, you know, like to your point, we all have this level of creativity alongside the other roles and responsibilities we have as humans. I, I just like, if you see my smile, I've never heard that. And it's the best thing I've heard in a long time. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I had never heard multi-hyphen or multi-hyphenate is what I tend, what, what people would might consider me as until literally until I started working in this industry. And in, I mean, literally like maybe two years ago when I, cause it started becoming more of a thing when, it started becoming more of a thing, I think, because of the hustle and gig economy. Yeah. We had a person who's like, I'm a designer, but I'm also a copywriter. I'm also a, I don't know, a photographer. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you do a whole bunch of shit. Right, right. I love that. I literally wrote it down. I like, it's so crystal clear to me and it's so true. Yeah, right. Or yeah. Like, well, now, this is going to, I mean, left field, but. I love the baseball analogies, though, by the way. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know how people, when they get married, sometimes they hyphenate their name because they yeah. don't let go of, like, mm. who they are. Yeah, they like, want to yeah. acknowledge, you know, their partner. Yeah. Kind of same thing of, like, a you know, a union, a joining up. But, like, my identity is multi-hyphenated. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. You've just given me so much there, so thank you. I mean, literally, we could stop right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> but this wouldn't have happened if we weren't having this conversation because I've always, when I think of multi-hyphenates and multi-hyphen beings, I generally think of creative spaces, but I never really, until we started talking, thinking about how we're all actually multi-hyphenates because we all do more than one thing yeah. as humans, you know, and so. I say that also too, saying this out loud, I think about how at one point in time, people used to wag their finger at folks who didn't have one career lane or one specific way in for them. Like I used to, when I was, when I was in acting class, in acting school, my, um, one of my great teachers, Mr. D.C., used to be like, don't have a plan B. Like acting is your only thing, your plan A, because if you have a plan B, you're creating room for failure. And I never, I didn't have the language for it then, but I recognized very clearly I had plans B, C, D, and E, and they were all operating in the same space right. because I was built to do more than one thing. Right. Like, I'm good at, I'm really good at more than one thing. So why would I not do that? Right. I yeah. love that. And, you know, that is a different way of thinking. And I res respect your teacher. Absolutely. He's, Absolutely. He probably was like, he had to have that one job, punch in, punch out, because that's how he was paid weekly. Yeah. But that's... That's so true. Like you knew it back then. And I think the aware, like a, the awareness now, but like, imagine then everyone you touch at work, but like your kids are going to grow up with that possibility. Yeah. Do anything and everything that they want to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important because we, not for nothing, even just financially speaking, we're, we're in times now where you almost kind of have to, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, but you know, and I would never ask my daughters to have multiple streams of income coming in, like, you know, and that's a whole nother layer of conversation about being black in America and why that maybe feels like a necessity. But part of it for me is like, it's exactly what you said. It's wanting them to feel like they can do any and everything that they want to do without feeling like, oh, if I decide I major in architecture, then that means I have to then be an architect when I graduate. No, I mean, it, yeah. yeah the degree and you spend money on it but it's it's about the journey and i think we 
sometimes get caught up in, again, the outcome as opposed to, like, we get caught up in the destination as opposed to, like, you know. Journey, yeah. Yeah. It's a phenomenal bumper sticker. You know? Journey. Life is a highway. Yeah. That's, I just, I love it, you know. I uh, I wanted to ask you, all right, here's a, here's a, a very serious question. So I've been on the hunt for, um, is this going to be serious? I don't believe it's a serious question. No, it actually is a serious question. I want your, I want your, your point of view on this because I, I trust you. So we're, um, I've been looking for a chief, heart, uh, chief diversity officer at work now for a long time, right? Yeah. yeah. Super close. I've probably met around 40 people like, like mm-hmm. this, right? Awesome. Uh, and in the beginning, it didn't, you know, I just knew we needed it. I wrote a job description. I don't know what I don't know. Uh, I certainly know quite a bit, but there's a lot I don't know. I can't, I can respond to, but I can't provide, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about me. Getting real close. Like, I think we're on third and a half base. Oh, wow. That's super amazing. Close. Super close. Um, what do you think are the most top of mind things? I don't want to say the most important because everything's important when you talk about diversity, inclusivity, and equity. Everything's important when you talk about racism and anti-racism. And fuck, if I could solve it, man, I, I would be, I would go to sleep even happier than I do because I, I yeah. can't. And I know I speak for you too. Yeah. What do you think are some things as a person enters into an agency, you know, where the demographic is, is obviously it's New York, London, LA. I mean, it's the demographic. Yeah. America focused. Mm-hmm. What would you, what do you think? Like I said, it's a serious question, but I'm, I'm, I'd love to know your thoughts on what should I be looking at? What should we be looking at? And, and you could tell me the most obvious thing, which is caught like fucking belonging. Excuse my language. Or like, I mean, Numbers. Curse as much as you want. I love curses. Um, what I what I'm defining this as, well, what what comes to my head is like this is a long, maybe it's not long term, but like understanding cultural nuance. And so it's a conversation I was having with one of my black colleagues, who's also a good friend of mine, and you know, I was born in New York. She was born in Texas. That black experience alone statewide is different. And so, which makes it, I mean, to be fair, it it can make it difficult um, for folks who are not black to understand the complexities and the nuances of the community. And that's just for black, like for the black community. We're not talking about Asian versus South Asian, you know, like, and then even what I... What I love and really what we're t- what I'm really talking about, I guess, is intersectionality. Yeah. You know, like when like people we've when Kimberly Crenshaw broke it down the way that she did, what we're really looking at is how all of the things that we all the labels that we been aff- that have been affixed upon us are actually important to a certain extent. Like I am a, I am a cis hetero black man who grew up in the 80s, right? Which is different than growing up in 2000. Like, there's just so much that's gonna, there's so much, there's so many things that intersect that are going to affect how I show up in my day to day. Yeah, You know, it's gonna affect how I talk to people. It's going to, the things that I've seen based on where I grew up, like based on, based on race, ethnicity, 
you know, gender, right? Like all these things affect each other. And so I, I think some of that is, is, is recognizing and understanding the cultural nuance and intersectionality of people. But I think this is stuff that you already know, you know, like, are you compassionate? Are you, you know, are you kind? Are you, do you communicate? And really, I mean, when I say that, I mean, like, can you listen? Are you listening? You know, because um, I feel like there's going to be some, there are so many, especially for like a, a, a Vena, you know, where I, there's so many different perspectives. So to your point, like we're talking different countries, like the way, the way a person greets you in Japan is different than the way a person greets you from the Bronx and understanding, like, I'm, and I learned that I remember not specifically that scenario, but I remember working in social services and we would have to have cultural trainings. You know, because we were going to have clients who maybe had came, who had come from India or clients who had come from different continents and countries that the way they say yes or no, like how they position their bodies is very telling for, it is different. Like the, the way we read people is different and having to be understanding to that and not being presumptuous or make decisions or judgments about people without recognizing the cultural nuance of those situations and those people, you know? I mean, that was that was so incredibly, like, insightful and helpful. And, like, I was thinking, yes, intersectionality. But, like, when you broke it down, you said something that, like, yeah, of course. But I didn't even think about it. Like, you're you're a child of the 80s, which is very different than the early millennial population. Right. In a thousand ways and probably a thousand more ways. Mm-hmm. And, and that right there. And then you take born and bred in New York. Texas, France, South Central. Right. A whole nother, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a whole nother. So, and, and, and I'm really just literally referring to like our black and brown communities. But then of course, when you widen it out, which is, you know, what we obviously want to look at diversity in a holistic way. Yeah. But for sure, I really want to be able to you know, get someone in the door who feels as though listening is the numero uno thing. Eh, eh, eh. That's yeah. And of course I would look, I would look for that person because knowing that that's so essential, people need yeah. to be heard and they, they need to feel like not only people need to be heard, of course, they need to feel like their voice matters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like you're tapped in. So like, I, I like you, I, I, again, like I, I trust your heart and your judgment in that regard. And I think some of that too was just going to be like, we had prime example. We have a, one of our um, VPs of of strategy. She's from London, black woman, Jamaican um, from London who came stateside. And so even just culturally, like the things that she know, like the things that she was watching different than the things that I was watching growing up, you know, and, there's just a way that we interact. Like there's certain things that she hasn't had to deal with as a black woman, you know, sure. that maybe a black woman stateside has, you know, like it's, so it, it, it can be very easy if you're not a black or brown person to like try to correlate all these black experiences when it's, it's kind of, it's, it's incredibly difficult to do so, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it almost, <clears throat> not to compare it, but to kind of like, you know, do like a, a dot, dot, dot to what we were talking about in the beginning, which is so many different, like 
you are more than just a copywriter. You are more than just, and you are more than just a black man. You are more than just a, like you broke it down, the intersectionality. And I think it's so, it's so needed. It's so needed to be known. Yeah. You know, I remember the day I learned the phrase code switching. Mm, yeah. Which was like an eye-opening moment to me as a, as a real naive person. Like didn't really grasp because I don't, because my skin color is white, I don't have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm gay, so I have to think about certain areas in the world which I might not want to be yeah. holding hands. Yeah. Um, but that's very different than having white skin. And I mean, and you know, and to be fair, you know, like every community has some kind of privilege, right? And I think what what's become most important for me is for everyone, black, white, brown, red, whatever, to like recognize privilege, right? Like I have able-bodied privilege. There are things that my I physically can do that a person with a disability or disabilities yeah. seen or unseen cannot. Yeah. Right? Or com- can do com- more comfortably than somebody else. But I also think part of that is is being able to, and this is when I think the compassion comes in, and and it's something I, I learned from Sharon Salzberg, the idea because like empathy was a very big word for me, and it still is. But after like reading her book and and kind of having more conversations, what I realized is like empathy really lays the foundation for compassion. Compassion is the action. Like empathy is the feeling and then compassion is that empathy being put into action, you know, and a person being able to not just, I feel what you feel, but I feel what you feel and I'm creating space to do something about it, you know, by lending a helping hand or using my voice as an ally or as a, an accomplice, depending on how, whichever word you're choosing, you know, like it, 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 it um, Massive. distinction, it, it becomes paramount especially when we're talking about the plight of, of the black, the black person in America. Yeah. I think I love that you broke it down like that because when we think about empathy as the, as the emotion, I, 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 I often translate that as I, I'm a passenger alongside you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult for me to actually say, Joel, I've I've stood in your shoes. Mm I haven't. There's no way. Maybe two things in your life might be similar than two things in my life, but we're, we're, we're fundamentally different people for a variety of reasons. So to say that I'm a, I'm empathetic. I'm, I'm, I, f- I get that you're going through something and I want to, I want to walk next to you and I want to give you my heart. I want to yeah. give you my compassion. And I love that, that there, there's a distinction there and that's super important. Yeah. And, and that, and literally, and so I saw, that's how I read and like forget the language Sharon Salzberg used. And it was actually her describing a conversation she had had with a Buddhist practitioner about compassion. And that for me was like a, it was like a, it, it, it shifted a gear in me a little like, okay, like I'm an, I, I consider myself to be an empath and empathetic person. Um, but hearing that made me say, okay, what, what is the next step to that thing? Yeah. You know? And what does that look like? Yeah, I, I used to be jotting things down. Besides multi-hyphens, I've jotted some. 
<laughs> Thank you for that. I really like, I appreciate, you know, I'll be knocking on your door many times, I'm sure. Just, I'm here, doors open. Check yourself and, and, and I just love it. What can I do to, like, how can I be of service to you? How can I bring you anything and anything, anything and anything? I mean, I mean, I feel like you support, you support what I do, you know, and I think to me, that's the most important, you know, I, but people like some, maybe it's my Capricorn nature to like, not necessarily like, I don't, it's not that I don't ask for help. It's just that I really do have the things that I want and need, you know, but, and it does, sometimes it feels like, okay, like, you know, hokey, but, you know, more love is never, you know, I'm never going to turn that down. Yeah. Um, so, like, when I'm, when I'm, you, like, when people come to me as a resource or come to me for a conversation, for me, that's an extension of love. Like, I see you as a valuable voice in the community, and I want to share, spend time, and I have it to give. So, for me, like, every retweet counts, every Every time there's a conversation, my name is mentioned, that counts, you know? To me, that's the, like, the work that I'm trying to do. And, you know, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I told myself in 2021, I was going to be, which I have been doing a really good job of, it's like kind of steering clear from conversations surrounding, not still clear, that's a little strong, but doing way less of these conversations surrounding mental health and wellness and all that because it felt like I was getting away from the storytelling work that I tend to do. And I've been doing for my, my entire life. Like I've been rapping since I was like five, you know? Um, and, you know, this year has kind of seen more like me leading writing workshops and opportunities for that and me performing more. Cause that's what I really want to be doing more of. Yeah. Um, but what I'm realizing too, is like, I can't, the other stuff is just as important. Like having conversations about wellness and about mental health and about compassion with people who get it, you know, and like who fill, who fill the cup is just as important, you know? I hear you. And I, and I love that. And I mean, I'll, I'll always be filling your cup up. So that's, that's just a given. It's a given. And I, you know, I, I'm going to let you go because you've got things to do and you've got some kids over there and so do I, but you wrote something recently that I just thought every, I would say everything that you write is profound. Like, but it, and I really mean that, man. I, I you know, I, I don't need to blow sunshine anywhere. Um, uh, you said, and I should pull it up, but you know, I'm the man I always wanted to be. Yeah, I, I literally, I, I am, I am, I am. What I really wanted to say is like, I am already who I want, who I thought I was, I wanted to be when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, what I said it was like, I'm already, I, I am who I, who I wanted to be when I. When I, I am. I am who I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I, I think part of it for me was um, sometimes I speak from the, the personal eye because I want people to be able to receive it as a mantra for themselves. Yes. Right? Because, I mean, I would, it, and for me it was, I almost didn't tweet it because I didn't want it to come across as like me bragging, but it was more about looking at where I am now and who I wanted to be and being like, oh, I'm not perfect. Like, like you said, I'm perfectly, I'm perfectly flawed, right? But for me, it, it's, I can look at what I'm doing. Like when people ask you that question of, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? 
if you know, and I'm like, I would just be doing exactly what I'm doing now. I would just be doing it for a broader audience, honestly. Like I would just be doing, you know, the work that I'm doing as a performer, as a writer in a bigger way. You know, like part of the reason why I tried to go to the Instagram platform is because I wanted to have more, <laughs> I wanted more attention and more attention, not from the ego way, but recognizing that I have a voice and I think I have something to say that matters that can help and benefit people. So how do I continue to expand on that notion in bigger ways, you know? And for me, I can look at my, like, you know, I gave, like, giving the TED Talk for me was the thing, you know? There's, like, a couple of things I have on my bucket list, you know? The TED Talk was one of them. And when I got to do that, I was like, oh, this is, I've been wanting to give that, I, someone reminded me, I had a conversation with them at some event, random event in, like, Newark, New Jersey, and a good friend of mine, Cindy, and I forget, she mentioned, like, I was talking about the things I was doing, and, like, you know, I casually mentioned I wanted to give a TED Talk, and that was in 2014, you know? Like, I am all the things that I told my mother I was going to be, you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, I would like to make a little more money, but, you know, that's literally other than that, and that's, you know, so I can put that back into my family and my community. Yeah, you know, that's going to come. And that, uh, I have no doubt, that's anything that you do, because it's coming from... It's coming from your heart. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's a team. It's a team effort. Well, you know, like of course you you pour into me. I pour into you. You pour into the world and the community. And I think we all kind of get to dip our hands and our toes into that. You know, whether we acknowledge it or not. I think the more we acknowledge it, the 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 better we all are. But like the more we keep feeding that love, that, 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 that love, man, it, like, it just, it, it transcends everything else, you know? I think that's a mic drop moment. <laughs> right there. Um, all right. Um, we're going to put this out. People, you want people to hit you up on Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, sure. You know, like, um, you can find me. It's, it's a little more complicated because someone, um, someone tried to, to hack into my account, but um, I am, <laughs> I am Joel Leon on Instagram and then <laughs> Joel aka M as in Mary A G on Twitter because Mag M H used to be my rap name. Love it. Right. So I mean but if you go to the Instagram you'll be able to find all the stuff. We'll my, put it up. Yeah. We're coming back and we're gonna do some I mean rapping is next. Like you gotta lay down some tracks for if if it feels strikes you but you can't just dance <laughs> <laughs> there, I mean, in you know, especially in you know, when the city in the world opens up, you know, we can do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, fingers crossed. Sooner rather than later. But Listen, yeah. I love, yeah, I love you. This is thank you, thank you for your time. I'm you know, thank you for reaching out in the first place. Uh, you know, and wanting to share space and, and hold space with me. Uh, it's important, so I appreciate you yes. for it. I'll catch you soon. Yes, ma'am. Bye, sweetheart.